I was thinking about preaching multiple things. As I said, um, I have ministered to women before, but not specifically single women. And so that's a little bit different. And so there's one thing I want to, you know, emphasize, and uh, that is the strength of God. Everybody say strength of God. So the Bible, you know, it's not my favorite verse, but it says, Likewise, you husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. I don't like that, but the Bible says it. We are physically weaker than men. Maybe some men not, you know, maybe some women, some women do like CrossFit. They can like throw any guy against the wall. I don't know. But technically speaking, that is what the Bible says. But you know what? The Bible also says, let the weak say, I am strong. In 2 Corinthians 12, 10, the apostle says, Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches, necessities, persecutions, distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Guess what? The apostle Paul, and I know, now that I think about it, he was single. He had the gift of singleness, which if you don't want to receive that tonight, don't. I don't have the gift of singleness for a period of time. For some, permanent. For others, most of us, not permanent. So don't worry about it. That's not what I'm going to impart into you. <laughs> what I am going to impart into you is to be strong in the spirit, no matter what area of life you are in. Amen? And let me tell you something. This is the time to build your relationship with the Lord like no other time and so usually I wouldn't go on the typical scripture but we all know Proverbs 31 there is something I want to highlight to you and as I said there are women all over the Bible not just in Proverbs but this truly one of my favorite verses as a woman Proverbs 31 verse 17 I'm going to add 18 as well it says in the amplified version she girds herself with strength Spiritual, mental, and physical. Everybody say spiritual, mental, and physical. Fitness for her God-given task. Everybody say God-given task. Women have God-given tasks, not just men. Also, not just married women have God-given tasks. Everyone who is saved has a calling. For he saved you and called you with a holy calling and that is a huge key so it says and she makes her arms strong and firm she tastes and sees that her gain from work with and for god is good her lamp goes not out but it burns on continually through the night of trouble privation sorrow warning away fear doubt and distrust she works she's a working woman this woman right and so then let's skip down to 25 and 26 strength and honor are her clothing and she shall rejoice in time to come she opens her mouth with wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness straight i love this strength and honor are her clothing how often do you put on clothing every day there's no you know appropriate time to leave your house without clothing on what you do in your house is your business. Every single day, you put on clothing. 
Do you think about what you put on or do you just go blind in the closet and you put stuff on? No, you don't. You pick it up, especially ladies. We like to dress. I like to dress nice today. I'm like, should I go overdressed? Yes, I don't care. I like this dress. I'm going to wear it. I don't just wear it when guys are around. Right? Clothing. We put it on every day. We pick it out carefully. It has to match and the jewelry and the shoes and the bag and everything. And that is what this woman does with strength and honor intentionally every single day. Every day you put it on. It doesn't say God puts it on you. Nobody dresses you in the morning. You're not a baby. A baby gets dressed. Right? You dress yourself. You dress your, with your own hands. You put the stuff on. And it's exactly the same. Why would the Bible say she clothes herself? She dresses herself with that. Another thing, clothing is visible. Everyone can see it. Everyone sees what you're wearing. Obviously, that's why you choose it. People are going to look at me and they're going to see my clothes. If it's dirty, they will see it. If it's not ironed, they will see it. That's one of my big pet pieces. Unironed, wrinkly clothing. I cannot deal with that. And so, this is the way you should dress yourself spiritually. As a woman, you know, every single day, what I'm going to put on. What are people going to see when they look at me? Strength and honor. Strength and honor. Every single day. I am strong and I live an honorable life that honors the Lord. Every single day. What I do honors the Lord. How I speak honors the Lord. How I walk honors the Lord. How I treat people honors the Lord. What I do in secret honors the Lord. Everything I do, I put it on carefully every single day in order that people see that I honor God and I'm a strong individual. Amen? And when we feel weak, He is strong. The Bible doesn't give us any out. It's just like, okay, if you're weak, then you're weak. Nobody can help you. When you're weak, it's actually when you fully experience the strength of God. Because now you don't have natural strength anymore. Anyone has come to your limit on natural strength before? Anybody? Some people know I've never been weak in my life. I realize I'm the only white person in here. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you're not white. <laughs> I wish I had your shade. This is white. It's almost transparent, you know. <laughs> so let's talk about strength. This word, to clothe yourself, or in verse 17, you gird yourself. You bind it around you. You wrap it around you again every single day God makes it available to you God gives you your spiritual closet here's your strength here's your joy here's your peace here is power healing power the gifts of the spirit he's offering you the spiritual you know I dreamed of a walk-in closet you know you guys in America your houses are built with walk-in closets you have apartments with walk-in closets like apartment in Germany means everything is small and the space you have is extremely limited. And we have something called a wardrobe. It's a wooden thing and you put your clothes in it and it stands alone with like, you know, 
It's like what you have for your TV back in the day, and now people don't have that. It's just a flat screen on the thing. But yeah, it's a, it's a wardrobe. You know, like in Beauty and the Beast, the wardrobe that dresses Belle, right? And she opens and all the moths fly out. That's what we have in Germany, the wardrobe. And so in small houses and like now in modern houses, they might put walk-in closets. But I've seen American movies, and they have these closets you can walk into. You don't walk into a wardrobe. There's shelves in it and stuff. You can't like step into it and you're surrounded by your clothes. It's like, what? That was a dream of mine. And now I have a walk-in closet. And I was like, when I looked for my first home when I moved here, and I lived on the road as a missionary year after year in another country, I never had a permanent place, and it was awesome. I loved it, but never had a walk-in closet, never had my own bed, my own tub, my own kitchen, you know. And so this is things that I was like, didn't care about it because I was so focused on the ministry, just, you know, helping people, getting people saved, you know, preaching and all of that stuff. And so now I move here and I was like, God, can I have a place with a walk-in closet and a garden tub? I wanted the deep bathtub, you know, like that's, you know, some bathtubs are like this high. I'm like, that's not a tub. I don't know why they build these things. You know, you have to like lay flat and I don't even know how people, <laughs> it's not a bathtub. And so I'm like, yes, I found a place with a garden tub and a walk-in closet. And I was like, this is life. This is it, you know. And so in your spiritual life, you have this spiritual closet that you walk into. And the Bible clearly states that a godly woman puts on strength, number one. Which in our society, that's not something you would think. It's like, oh, we have to be sweet and kind and polite, you know, look down on the ground, whatever. And um, in some cultures, it's extreme. You can't even look men in the eyes, you know, and stuff like that. And so depending on the cultures, depending, you know, how women conduct themselves. And it's not something that is preached so much we know you know obviously we got to be strong in faith and that's the number one thing and so let's talk about the areas of strength it says here spiritual mental and physical so we're going to start with the spiritual strength now number one when we're talking about spiritual strength we talk about faith right and we hear a lot of messages on faith and the word says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, Romans 10, 17. So if you want to be spiritually strong, you need the word of God. Now, hearing the word is not enough. You have to read it yourself, right? Because any preacher can say all kinds of things to you, but you have to know where it is in the Bible. Because when the enemy comes to you, you can't tell him, oh, I come against you with what my pastor said. No. You have to come against them with what the Bible says. It is written. You have to put the word in your heart, in your spirit, in your mind every single day. And that is where the source of your spiritual strength is the word. Now the Bible says the word without the spirit or the letter without the spirit is dead. And that is why we have the Holy Spirit. And you have to understand he is your teacher, he is your guide, and he is the one that helps you understand the word. Every time, especially when I was a teenager and we didn't have a lot of Bible preaching, faith preaching in my church back then. I don't remember one message my pastors ever preached. And I thought about it hard. I went to that church nine years. Pentecostal church. And I couldn't tell you one message my pastor ever preached. 
And I know your pastors. I'm sure there are messages that you remember that either one of them have preached that have impacted your life. I'm sure you can, everyone has something that you can quote, right? There's something Pastor Clover always says. There's something, you know, they always say. And so I couldn't, I couldn't. I thought about anything my pastor taught and it's because he wasn't full of the Holy Ghost. You can have the Holy Spirit, but that doesn't mean you automatically minister and preach from the Holy Spirit. You can minister and preach from here, just from your head or even from the soul, you know, just make everything emotional and whatever other stuff. It's the word that has the power. This is where we draw our spiritual strength from number one, the word, the word, everything, nothing can substitute you reading your Bible, period. You have to put the word in you again, every single day. That is your spiritual strength, right? That is your clothing. It has to be evident, right? Clothing is visible. It has to be evident that you have the word in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit. That whatever situation arises, the word comes out of you because you dressed yourself with that. You put that on every single day. You have an encouraging word for people. You have scripture for people. You stand on what the Bible says. And you cannot treat the word of God as common. This is what happens very quickly when you go to church faithfully. Every time, I've heard this, I've heard this, I've heard this, I've heard this. You can never come to that place where it's like, oh, I've heard this before. Sure, you hear it many times, but guess what? Sometimes it takes a hundred times and then suddenly the same scripture you heard your entire life just boom, hits. And you're like, you know, and then the tears and everything, you know, it's the same word. But how did it impact you on that day? Because you were going through something, you were at a low point, you were weak, and the word is strong. And it picked you up out of that weakness. And that is why the word is where we draw strength from right? And we have to have that attitude even when we're doing great. You know, the longer you go to church, the more word you get in you, the more you have fellowship and surround yourself with people of faith, not people that speak doubt and unbelief and gossip and all of that stuff, the stronger you get, the better your spirit is doing, right? Your spirit man, you're building him up and stuff like that. And so, yeah, sure, things arise, but you're like, you know what? I got this. And you praise, you sing, you pray in tongues, you know, you pray through it and whatever. But the word of God still has to minister to you. Not just in the bad times, but at all times, right? There's always something that we need to move toward. And the word of God is what takes you there with the Holy Spirit, right? So you tune in your spirit. Oftentimes people are in the flesh, or they're in their head and they hear the Bible. That's when it doesn't, doesn't penetrate, you know. You open your heart. You open your spirit, man. And if it takes, you know, pray in the Holy Ghost. Say, Lord, today, just let that word be new and fresh. And show me something that I haven't seen in it before. And he is the revealer. He is the spirit of light. He is the one that will show you something else that will get you further and make you grow more in the spirit. Of course, pray in tongues. Build up your most holy faith. Building up is strengthening yourself. You can't keep praying in tongues and stay weak in the spirit, right? Because he prays the perfect will of God for you. Who doesn't want that? I'm, I'm full in a room full of people. I want the perfect will of God. Not what I want, what God wants. Because what he wants is way better than what I want. That is a realization, thank God, I had very early. And when I was 19, I went to Bible school. I had no idea I was called in the ministry. I hated speaking in front of people. I stand before you today 
as a complete miracle. The transformation God did in my life. People that don't know me, they have a hard time believing it. But my friends can testify to that, that I was extremely shy. I was very timid. I was uncomfortable in front of people. I was extremely uncomfortable speaking in front of people. Super self-conscious, you know. Didn't feel pretty. Didn't have any self-esteem. You know, early on, I have three brothers, you know, and sometimes they would gang up on me, even with my friends, talking behind my back, you know, nobody likes you. And I had to deal with all of that. My teenage years were not the greatest years, you know, even though I had Jesus in my heart since I was 10 years old. But here I am in school, everybody's a heathen, you know, in school, nobody understands why I'm a Christian and I'm weird and the fanatic, you know. And in church, they're all lukewarm, sneaking away, smoking behind their parents' backs, doing stupid stuff. And I knew I cannot do that. I had an encounter with Jesus when I was 10 years old. And I knew he was real. And I made a promise to him that I'm going to keep my clothes clean. He showed me a vision when I was 10 years old. And I didn't even know. I never knew that scripture. I just got saved. Then I was 10. And... First time I encountered the power of God, and I'm not going to get into details about it, but we had a sleepover party with some girls, and we were just like, let's just read the Bible, and we opened Revelation and read all the crazy stuff about the end of the world and the beast and the, you know, the 666 and all that stuff. We all got freaked out and cried and uh, started praying, and then suddenly the, the presence of God came in the room, and we haven't even experienced that in church yet. Like, we, you can't even make that up. We weren't, you know, we literally just got saved in the church a couple of months before that. And we're not an adult church. We're in kids' church. And we draw pi pictures and memorize scripture and do music and dances, you know. We don't have laying on our hands, falling under the power like other kids' churches do around here. And, um, and so, again, like, we couldn't even make this up. There were six of us. Power of God came in the room. I didn't even know what it was. I couldn't even describe it back then. I just knew it was God. The atmosphere changed. And supernatural peace came on us supernatural like the fear of how are we going to make it in the end days if jesus comes tomorrow are we going to take the 666 we're just children how are we going to do it if even the saints fall away you know i mean we read all the stuff we didn't know about the rapture at that point you know and so supernaturally all the fear left supernatural peace came on us and i knew beyond a shadow of a doubt i'm not going to go to hell because god loves me and as long as i love him I'm good. I'm not going to go to hell. And I got that as a 10-year-old. I knew I can't go off sinning in the world and expect to make heaven. But I knew that if I made a mistake, he still loves me. I never had that condemnation thing, you know, that comes in because I've never been to religious church or anything like that. And so thank God for that. And uh, that's when, you know, in that presence, when the supernatural presence came in and we're all feeling like a roller coaster, like, you know, that adrenaline. We're just laying in bed and we're like, oh, my God. Nobody dared to say anything. It was, everyone was silent for, like, minutes, you know. We were just crying a minute ago, like, weeping, like, we don't want to go to hell and serve the beast and the Antichrist and all of that. And, uh, and as I closed my eyes, I saw myself in white shining garment. And I didn't know that scripture yet. And I found out later that that's in the Bible. And I didn't hear God. I didn't hear his voice or anything. But it was so real, so vivid. It wasn't a mirror. I was looking at me in white shining clothes. And I made a promise to the Lord. I'm going to keep my clothes clean. 
at 10 years old. And I, I didn't even knew exactly what that meant. But anytime I was in an iffy situation, I was like, that's going to get my clothes unclean. It was like immediately that vision popped up in my head. I was like, I can't do this. I need to get out of here. I can't be around this. I can't smoke cigarettes. I cannot get drunk. I cannot sleep around. I cannot do any of that stuff because I made a promise to the Lord. And that strength that you put on every day, and it comes from the Holy Spirit. In the natural, I was not a strong person. I was a cry baby. My parents would fight. I would run in my room crying. You know, my brother would be mean to me. I would run in my room crying. You know, that, that was my response to everything. I just buried myself in pillows, and I'm crying, and I'm telling the Lord, you know, how hard it is, and, you know, why me? And I'm doing everything I can, you know, and everything like that every single time, and that was me. And I didn't even realize, you know, at that point, I didn't know the Holy Spirit was a person. I didn't know that I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I knew I was saved, but I didn't have that teaching. I didn't know he was on the inside of me. And every time he reminded me, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. You were washed. You were made pure. You were made holy. You know, you have a value. And that's what carried me through the hardest times with no friends, no strong pastors, no leadership that I can even open up to that was even interested in me or anything like that. And so I can tell you something. All you need is the Holy Spirit. You're never alone. And that is the number one thing that I have always drawn strength from. Spiritual strength comes from the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. When you can't do it, that's when he helps you do it. And so never think, I'm weak, I'm weak. It's the perfect place to be because he will help you. He's right there. He said, that's fine. I know you're weak, but I am strong. Greater is the one in you than the one who is in the world. Amen. And then another way, it says in Romans 1.11, For I'm yearning to see you that I may impart and share with you some spiritual gift to strengthen and establish you. We believe in impartation, especially by the laying on of hands by the transference of the anointing, which happens even just by speaking it. Nobody even has to lay hands on you. When I got baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire, nobody laid hands on me. I was pressing in. I was like, God, I know I need this. I'm not leaving without it. And I don't know what it is you call me to do, but I know it's too big for me. I know I am weak. And in my own strength and in my own ability, I can't do this thing that you're calling me. Every time when I heard messages on going to the nations and carrying the fire of God and bringing revival to places I'm like I want to do that but I know in my own ability I can't do that I'm I'm nothing I can't even preach I'm going in my room crying all the time like <laughs> how am I gonna go and stand on the stage in front of thousands it was really weird because as a teenager I saw like me standing on stages in front of a sea of people in the natural, I'm like, I hate speaking in front of people. So it made no sense to me whatsoever. So I'm thinking I'm just imagining things. And let me tell you something. You might be imagining things, thinking you're not going to do that. Guess what? You are going to do that. You think you're just conjuring things up in your mind? Absolutely not. Your mind is carnal. 
your mind, your carnal mind is at war with the things of the spirit. So why would you be imagining things that would glorify God? Why would you be imagining things that would get people saved, set free, delivered, that would make an impact in this life? Why would you imagine that if that was not from the spirit of God? And then why would he show you that if he's not calling you to do that? And if he's calling you to do that, why would he not help you do it? Mm. That's good. I don't know if that's being recorded or anything, but I just had that revelation myself. Yeah, we got, <laughs> come on. That's the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you right now. I have catchers, right? I want you to be ready. You catching for me? Yeah, be ready. I'm going to pray for you real quick. I know the Holy Ghost stirring up something on the inside of you. Amen. Just lift your hands right now. Father, I thank you for the call of God on this woman's life. Nothing in the natural is disqualifying you. There's absolutely nothing that the enemy can do to stop you. If you trust the Lord, you will do mighty, that's the fire of God right now, in Jesus mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Don't worry, you all get hands on in the end, but you know, I am telling you, I'm yearning that I may impart and share with you some spiritual gift. And let me tell you, I have gotten some spiritual gifts from the Lord. And it's never to keep for yourself. It's always to impart. And again, you know, I never thought I would do it as a single woman. I thought I'd be married. And I'm not crying because I'm sad. I'm, I love that the Lord just does things no matter what is going on in your life. Right? I couldn't be more grateful. I wouldn't trade my life for anything. If I look back and if I had the choice to be married, have a house, have children, or do what I do, I would choose what I do every single time. It's awesome to serve the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. So we're strong spiritually. Everybody say, I'm strong in the spirit. All right, let's get back. You can put the music out. I'm, I'm done with that. Okay. Oh, I'm going to get back here. Okay. Mentally strong. That's what it said in the proverb, right? So she clothes herself with strength spiritually, mentally, and physically. And so when I think about mentally, right, the mind is the part of your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. And so I'm going to go actually into the whole, um, all three of them, right? Because they all impact one another. And it says here, let me see. I have too many scriptures. I have like pages and pages, right? 2 Timothy 1, 5 through 8. I remember your genuine faith for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And now I know the same faith continues strong in you. He didn't say your father and your grandfather. He said your grandmother and your mother. Women. God does not disrespect or look down on women at all whatsoever there's no limit on any woman in the world i love that t.l osborne one of the greatest evangelists you know he said the holy ghost is the same in a woman as he is in a man it's the same holy spirit same power same ability same gifts same everything amen this is why i remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift god gave you when i laid my hands on you for god has not given us a spirit of fear, 
timidity, but power, love, and a sound mind or self-discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. Don't be ashamed of me either. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from the beginning of time to show us his grace through Jesus Christ. You didn't do anything to deserve to be called by God. And I don't know why. It's the number one lie that the devil comes up with. And I've been through that, sitting through Bible school, listening to these men of God. You can go and shake a nation. You can go and lay hands on the sick. And I'm like, but I'm not good enough. I haven't done enough. I'm not spiritual enough. And that's immediately the devil. Because the Bible clearly says, you are called not because of anything you've done or haven't done. It's because God wants to glorify himself through you, no matter who you are. Hallelujah. So fear is the number one thing that messes with your mind. It is a spirit and it attacks you in your mind, right? So either he will make you doubt, right? Oh, you can't do that. Or what I went through also, finishing Bible school, I'm done with three years. You would think now you're supercharged. You know, you got the word, you laid hands on the sick, you led thousands of people to the Lord. And then graduation day comes around. What are you going to do now? How are you going to go in the ministry? Nobody knows you. Who's going to invite you? Who's going to have you speak? You know? And then I'm like, well, I think I'm going to mess up. I'm not that great of a preacher. I'm not, you know, I don't have that confidence. I don't have that level of faith, you know, that they're walking in. And now I'm thinking, because I love the Lord. I don't want to have doubt. I want to be in faith. But I don't want to mess it all up and then disrespect God, you know, put a bad light on the ministry, totally embarrass him and stuff like that. And I'm like, God, I don't want to mess this up. And he's like, again, it's not by your own ability. It's by my spirit, my power my strength you rely on me with all I mean it's like beyond your understanding you can't understand it you go do it by faith and he'll be with you he doesn't need you know people that know everything he needs people that are willing and he is real to them you know I'm still not the most eloquent preacher but I know that what I'm preaching is real changed my life there's nobody could convince me And my faith and my confidence comes from the word and the spirit. Not from anything I've done. Not from anything in the natural. Because there's nothing in the natural I could really, you know, boast about. Because again, I was a crybaby. Just, you know, emotionally weak, mentally weak. I mean, I went through all of it. Nobody's going to marry me. Nobody's going to love me. I just want to run away. I want to die. I went through that as well. And here I am, you know, as a teenager, thinking these thoughts and stuff like that. I was not strong in any way, shape, or form. But when you have the Holy Ghost, he'll he'll help you. He is your number one helper. And so don't allow fear, fear of failure, fear of man, fear of not cutting it, not being good enough. That's all forms of fear. I don't think I can do that, you know. Fear is a spirit from the pit of hell. It has no right in a believer's life. It doesn't matter. And some of you say, especially women, especially women. Oh, it's, it's normal for a mother to be worried. No, worry is a form of fear. It's illegal for a believer to be worried. Because the Bible says 364 times or five times, fear not. Not one time, not two times. Like one time per day of the year. You're not allowed to be afraid any day of the year, any time of the year, any season of your life. Fear just 
Forget about it. It's not even on your vocabulary. From this day, never say, oh, I'm afraid. I'm scared. I'm worried. Rebuke yourself. The moment you say something like that, you just go, no. It's illegal. It doesn't please God, right? What do we put on? Honor. We honor God every single day with what you say. It's evident that you trust in him and trust in the word. It's not about trusting in yourself, your own abilities at all whatsoever. Saying, no, the Bible says, the Bible says, I know it doesn't look like it right now in the natural, but I know what the Bible says. I know what's in my heart. I know what's in my spirit. I know God's called me to do something. You might not know exactly what that is right now, but don't doubt for a minute that he's calling you to do something. So let the peace of God rule in your mind. And then, of course, 2 Corinthians 10, hold every thought captive that exalts itself above the Lord. You hold it captive. It's, it's an active thing that you do. Thoughts come. They're not all yours. The enemy will speak so much to you. And you are the one that now has to either give him permission to mess with your mind or you don't give him permission to mess with your mind. A thought comes to you, doubt, unbelief, fear, worry, feeling unworthy, not ready, whatever it is. You're like, no, I bind that. And then if you have to say it out loud, say it out loud. I bind that thought in the name of Jesus. And now guess what? You have to replace it with the word. This is why number one, remember to be spiritually strong, you have to have the word. You have to put the word in you. That's where we draw our strength from. And don't allow the enemy to mess with your mind. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. And may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through, separate you from profane things, make you pure and holy, consecrated to God. And may your spirit and soul and body be preserved, sound and complete, blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Your spirit, your soul, and your body can be preserved and strengthened by the Holy Spirit every single day. You put on strength every single day. Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, because you're made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Right? And what you think impacts your emotions. What you say impacts your emotions. And many, many people, majority women... Men are not as emotional for the most part. Majority women are ruled by their emotions. And that is not by God's design. Your spirit is supposed to rule over your emotions. Emotions rise up. Everybody has emotions. But you are a spirit. You are not a soul. You are a spirit. You have a soul. And you live in a body. And God wants all three to prosper. But the one in charge is your spirit man. Number one. Your spirit man has to be in charge. And guess what? It's not easy to figure out if your spirit man is not in charge. If you're grumpy, if you're in the flesh, you know it. You immediately know it. The Holy Ghost comes quickly and he's like, mm, shouldn't have said that. Mm, shouldn't have done that. Mm, should have thought about that. Right? And thank God he's patient. <laughs> I can't tell you. <laughs> and his mercy is new every morning. You know? But he wants you strong. Spirit, soul, and body. And I'm going to really camp out on this. I'm going to mention the body quickly. I don't want to get into too much detail. But it says in Proverbs 18, 14, The strong spirit of a man or woman sustains him 
in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit who can raise up or bear. Right? So your spiritual strength will determine the strength of your soul, mind, will, emotions, and the strength of your body. Because you are a spirit. You were made in the image of God. He is a spirit. He made you to be a spirit. This is just our house we live in. And we only get one. This is the one you get. Treat it right. It is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I know America is messed up. All the food is messed up. All of that stuff. You know, not everybody thinks they need to go to the gym and exercise. Unfortunately, I have news for you. I have news for you. Human beings were not designed to sit and lay down their whole day. Unfortunately, that's where we are today. You sit all day at the job, sitting all day. You have drive through everything. You don't even have to get up to get food. You know, you can get groceries delivered to your house. You don't have to go to the grocery store anymore. There's no more walking. People don't walk anywhere. I come from Germany. We walk everywhere. We walk to the grocery store. We walk to the bank. We walk to the library. We walk everywhere. We walk to the bus stop and then walk from there. I mean, we walk places, right? I come here. You have a drive through bank. I never heard of such a thing. With the tube that, like, goes up, I'm like, that's, like, futuristic stuff right there. I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, what just happened? I was 19, you know. I didn't grow up here. There's no walking. There's no physical exercise. And so, obviously, that's not, that's not how humans are supposed to be. Back in the day, everyone was working. You were out in the field, you know. And now, nowadays, you don't even have to rock your baby. You put it on the machine that rocks your baby. I mean, it's just like, you don't do anything anymore, right? So, obviously... You have to get some physical exercise. It doesn't take much, ladies. 30 minutes, three times a week already gets your metabolism going. You don't have to do a ton of weights. Body weight is fine. I have to say this because, again, without it, you will be physically weak. If you want to have children, you have to be strong physically. You do. You want to be healthy. You want to live a long and healthy life. You want to be a helpmate to a husband. You know, you don't want to have all the aches and pains. Who likes back? Nobody likes back pain. Nobody likes the ankle and knees hurting. And that's because there's no, no walking, no nothing. You know, it doesn't take much. You have to determine, I'm going to make a change. Maybe you need to get some workout buddies, you know, like, hey, let's go walking 30 minutes, twice a week, whatever it takes, you know. I'm telling you, this is very natural, but it does affect you. When you are in pain physically, when you have bad digestion and all of that stuff, it affects you emotionally. And you have to be strong, which the Bible says, spiritually, mentally, and physically. It's not an option. We're told this. Your body is a temple. God can give you a way. I'm telling you. I mean, Pastor Rodney says that he was, you know, over 300 pounds. I mean, dangerously obese. And he cried out to the Lord for help, and the Lord showed him a way out, and he lost a ton of weight. You know, and that lengthened his life I promise you because there's too many ministers that die early from heart disease you know diabetes and all of that crazy stuff you know it's it's not impossible it will take discipline but again the Holy Spirit helps you with that too he's not just going to be like oh I'm just going to help you in spiritual stuff I'm not going to help you with the natural stuff absolutely not he will help you through everything everything is possible and even the small things because they do make an impact in your life. And so I want to focus on emotionally. 
Also, I am going to mention this. You have everything on YouTube. If you don't know how to cook, YouTube will teach you how to cook. <laughs> I'm just going to say, there is no excuse. Also, I'm talking to single ladies. Guess what? Every man loves a woman that can cook. Am I right? Am I right? It's a bonus. He's like, 100%. I am telling you. You know, and don't just be like, oh, I don't have a gift for that. That's a cop-out. It's an excuse. It's an excuse. You can learn everything, plus it benefits you physically, and it will benefit your man physically. Okay? It's super easy. Yes. Yeah, we got the immense over here. What I'm saying is true. I have a witness. You know? I'm telling you. They're like, you know, how do I find a right? If he finds out you can cook, mm, that's, that's a bonus right there. So don't let that be an excuse. Not in our day and age. Everything is accessible. You know, you can budget. Grocery shopping will save you a ton of money. So you're being a good steward of your money. Like a Proverbs 31 woman, you know, make the best of it. And it's really, it is not hard. Again, make a decision, quality decision from this day. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to get groceries. There are plans, free plans online everywhere. Seven-day plan, 10-day plan, 30-day meal plan, grocery lists. They even have a whole list for you. I mean, everything cut out. And all the, I mean, it's literally, it's, it's everywhere available. So nobody can say, oh, I can't do this. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you be a strong woman be strong in the kitchen mm? <laughs> yep every man will be blessed by that i'm telling you and it's the american culture as well i come you know my mom is russian we are home you know mothers cooking cleaning everything immaculate and so like that was normal every Every Russian woman you meet, they all know how to cook. Every single one of them. I promise you right now. It's part of our culture. And so you have to set that in your heart, in your mind. In my home, we're going to have this culture. And I'm going to raise my daughters in this culture. Why? Because it's a strength. It is a strength. She's not going to be weak, not knowing how to take care of herself, how to take care of her household, and how to feed her children properly. Amen? Amen. So let's move on to emotionally. Strong emotionally because when we're talking about mental your emotions a woman's emotions okay especially in a certain time of the month becomes yeah it's hormones it's a real thing but you are a spirit being are you gonna allow your hormones to take charge of you absolutely not it's not a, it's not an excuse I promise you. I mean, people like take the excuse to be grumpy and whatever. Absolutely not. That is not godly behavior. That is not putting on strength in the morning and honoring God. Absolutely not. You decide what your mood is. Oh, I'm moody because, you know. No. <laughs> Quit it. Quit it. I said it. You know, listen, we all know what happens and we're dealing with stuff physically and you have to you know take authority over pain and fever heat flushes all kinds of crazy stuff you, some people almost passed out one time I almost passed out it was in the middle of my class it was terrible and I pressed I was teaching you know and then the AC was cranked up so high and when it's freezing cold it just makes it worse and like I had no escape and I got all white I mean all the color drained from my face and um 
somebody called him, somebody texted pastors and he's like, I think she's about to pass out. Something bad is going on. Then I couldn't breathe. I literally, I couldn't breathe. Like I was out of breath. I was 20 minutes into my class. It was 50 minutes, right? And I'm like, everybody pray in tongues. And then I pulled myself a chair and I put my laptop on my lap and I'm still teaching my class. Like for the next, like, and I'm like dying physically. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the worst. I need a heating bottle. I need pills. I need, you know, and I'm like, no, this can't be happening to me right now in front of like a hundred people. I'm like, what in the heck, you know? So I know, but guess what? You stay in faith. You keep a right heart attitude. You're not going to be, you're not going to get in the flesh. Stay in the spirit. You know, he is your helper. He helps you through everything. And so, no, I'm not just saying that because, you know, I have it easy. You know, and everyone goes through stuff. But rise up in the spirit and stay strong. So don't let hormones and stuff overrule you. You take authority over it. Amen. There are good emotions and there are bad emotions. First Corinthians 2.4 says, And my language and message were not set forth in persuasive, enticing, plausible words of wisdom. But they were in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power, approved by the Spirit and power of God operating on me and stirring in the minds of my hearers the most holy emotions and thus persuading them. That's what happens when I think about my watermelon offering. It's just, it's an emotion and it's holy, you know. It's something that touched me, you know. I mean, deep in my heart and my spirit, you know. And so that's, that's a right emotion. I'm not afraid to show that. It's not a weakness if I cry when I'm preaching. I don't care. I couldn't care less what people think of me. Oh my gosh, she's an emotional mess. No, you're not getting the message. You don't understand what the revelation that I had. You don't understand the love I felt in that moment, you know. And so we're not afraid to show that we have emotions as long as they're good emotions, right? Coming out of the spirit. Then there is Jeremiah 17, 9, which says, the heart is deceitful above all things and is exceedingly perverse and corrupt and severely morally sick. Who can know it, perceive, understand, and be acquainted with his own heart and mind, right? So Bible says don't trust it, right? People say trust your heart. You can only, the heart also in the Bible talks about your spirit man, your inner man, right? The seat of your spirit. When we're talking about the heart in this context, means the seat also of your emotions. Not all emotions are from God. Not all emotions are edifying to you that are healthy, right? And so if your heart is not lined up with the word of God, right? Because the Bible says, renew in me, you know, a new spirit, a new heart, heart of flesh. And so what does that is the word of God. So if you're not in the word, and you're just, you know, worshiping, being all spiritual and whatever. You're like, follow your heart. Oh, this is my husband. Oh, this is my husband. You know, if you don't have the word in you, you can't trust that. You can't even trust your heart. You have to differentiate. If you don't know the difference between your heart and your spirit, that's when you know you haven't reached spiritual maturity. At that point, you shouldn't even be looking for a husband. Because you'll get in the mess. So don't trust your heart. Trust the Holy Spirit. The heart is deceitful. Emotions change. Oh, I fell in love. Oh, I fell out of love, right? That's what the world does. We just fell out of love. We just grew apart. Nonsense. Absolute. Yeah, you're following your heart and it's deceitful, you know. And it says perverse, corrupt, and morally sick. It's immoral to leave your wife, leave your husband. Oh, I just fell out of love. That's what the world does. That's not what we do. 
When we love, we love like God loves. We love with unconditional love. We love with all, all the way, 100%, all the way in. And I was, I'm, I've always been one of those people, all or nothing, right? And I saw my mother who loved my father. And he cheated on her and he treated her like garbage. And he was getting drunk. He was with prostitutes. When I was in the hospital being birthed, he was at home with a prostitute in their own bed. And my mother stayed with that man. And she didn't know. She, she was not a strong woman. And she was not saved at the time. And she depended on him. And we do not depend on man. We depend on God. Amen. Always. Even when you're married. And you should be able to depend on the person. But not with, I mean, it's God that takes care of you. God is your provider. Always. It doesn't change when you get married. God is still God. Number one. Hallelujah. So the heart is deceitful above all things. So get your heart right. Get your heart sorted out. That's why we open our heart to the Holy Spirit every single time. That's why we don't get offended at the word. Sometimes it cuts. Sometimes it's like, oh man, you know, and you know. And that's, that's good. That's a good sign. It means the Holy Spirit is working on you. You're still feeling him. You're still hearing him. That's, that's what you want. If you don't hear anything anymore, that's when you should be concerned. If you haven't gotten convicted in a while, you should be concerned. Because every day we have to crucify the flesh. Every day we have to die to ourselves, And that's from the mouth of an apostle who served God to the death. Where he's like, daily I crucify the flesh. Daily, right? You put off the flesh. You put on the new man. You put on that clothing of strength. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always exceeding superior, excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord. Knowing and being continually aware that your labor in the Lord is not futile. It is never wasted or to no purpose. We're talking about being emotionally strong. Right? And I'm going to be real. Very, very real as I have been. But... People ask me, you know, especially single ladies, like, are you, aren't you lonely? And I can truly honestly say no. And I remember hearing um, a quote, and I believe it was by Joyce Meyer. And she said, loneliness is not the absence of people. It is the absence of purpose. And so it says, be firm, steadfast, and movable, abounding in the work of the Lord. If you are not strong, not steadfast, movable, always here and there, emotional, up and down and whatever, it's because you're not doing the work of the Lord. Not because you don't have a husband. Not because somebody doesn't love you. Not because somebody's not giving you value. It's because you're not doing the work of the Lord. Let me tell you, when you pursue the call of God on your life, with every fiber of your being, you don't have time feeling lonely. You don't. Because you're ministering to people. Because God is always calling you to reach people. Every single person is given a great commission. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You don't have to be an evangelist. You don't have to be in the ministry. There are people around you that need to hear the gospel. And if you don't tell them, who's going to tell them? And so people that get lonely, especially single women, you're not winning souls. Because if you're not winning souls, you don't have time to feel lonely and feel sorry for yourself. 
Because you're out walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, touching people's lives, turning their lives around, turning entire families around, casting out devils, laying hands on the sick. How can you be depressed and sad and lonely while you do that? How? 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 Tell me. It's impossible to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and look at people's faces and their face change and the depression breaks and the suicidal spirit breaks off of them and tears coming out of their eyes. How do I have time to feel sorry for myself? What? I don't have time for that. Absolutely not. Plus, and I'm going to say this, and you're not going to get offended, but you might, you might repent and ask the Holy Spirit to forgive you. When you feel lonely... You don't acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is a person. He is a person. He is more real than the people sitting around you right now. Because they're not with you all the time, but He is with you all the time. Your best friend is not with you in everything that you go through. But the Holy Spirit is. And so when you say, and even say it to the Lord, God, I feel so alone. He's like, am, am I not real? How would you feel if your best friend is telling you, I feel like I have no friends? <laughs> right? You, you'd feel terrible. Like, what, what have I been to you this whole time? We come hang out. We go out to eat. I pick you up. You pick me up, you know? And she's like, I feel like I don't have a friend, I f you know? That's what you say to the Holy Spirit. God, I don't have a husband. I feel so alone. He's like, who am I to you? You are the bride. He is the bridegroom. He is waiting for you. At the wedding feast, he's waiting for you. You are the bride. He's waiting for you. And you're like, oh, I don't have a husband. He's like, who am I coming back for? My bride. You have a husband. You are a bride. What else do you need? When you tell him, I don't have what I need, you're telling the Lord, you're not enough for me. And let me tell you, he's more than enough. He's better than anyone that could ever love you on this earth. And there are some great husbands and he has great ones for you, but they will never come close to how much the Lord will love you. And already does and has already shown and has already proven. That is how you stay emotionally strong. Number one, you have to know how much he loves you. And even if you get the man and it's going to be great and it's going to be glorious and it's going to be blessed. But it's not the same love that the Lord has for you. His just exceeds over and above. So if you're not happy right now with the love that God gives you, you will not be happy with the man when he comes along. Because his love is inferior and God's love is superior. And that is why people get married and are still miserable. Because they thought that man will complete them. And they all say it, oh no, God complete. Really? Why are you crying, feeling lonely all the time? Because God is not completing you. Because God is not enough for you. He is not fulfilling you. And I said that to the Lord and I promised to the Lord. And that is what we're going to do tonight as well. That you will always remember and you will always acknowledge you are more than enough for me. There's nothing I need except the Lord. There is nothing you need. He is everything. He is more than enough. He is, he is so good. 
He is the one that fills that void that there might be. He is the one. He fills it first. And when he knows I'm number one in your life, I'm going to bring a man to you to take care of you until I come back and take you as my bride. And that's why there will be no marriage in heaven. There will be no marriage in heaven because we are actually truly married to him. There will be no need. And his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? Now we do understand the Bible says two are better than one. So obviously, you know, we desire that. That's normal. And he will give you the desires of your heart. But not if you desire that more than him. So pursue the call of God on your life. Don't pursue a man. Pursue the call of God. And God will bring the man. And let me tell you, I know it gets weirder and weirder if you hit your 30s you hit your 40s and there's still no man it's good to laugh at it it's good but I'm, I'm gonna be real and I had some real conversations with some of my other single friends you know and you start getting irritated I'm gonna be really real to you you have the girls in their early 20s getting all married off and having the pretty white dress and having the party and having all of that stuff and here you are serving God being faithful you know, and I'm like, God, how did I miss that train? You know, how, how does she have that and I still don't have it? And in my case, I've risked my life to preach the gospel. And I'm thinking, why do I not have this, what other people get, and I'm not getting it? And again, the Lord reminds me, am I not everything? To you and I'm going to give you some eternal perspective because that really helps you to be emotionally strong eternal perspective it puts everything in the right place when I was 29 I went to Syria and there was active war and people die and there was shelling and I heard bombs going off and it was crazy but because I understood from the word how to be mentally strong how to not freak out never allow fear fear is not in my vocabulary I was not afraid I can tell you honest before God I was never afraid one moment being surrounded by bombs and stuff like that because I know God, people can't kill me I have a call of God on my life and I will fulfill that call no matter what it takes and people in the Bible have been protected by God supernaturally and so he will protect me supernaturally so I, I slept with peace. I had no, no issues whatsoever. But you know, a few weeks before that, you know, I called my mother and I was like, hey, well, actually two years before I went, when I first thought about going, I was like, well, I might go there at some point and I might die. And I want to know you're going to be okay. Because I'm going to be with Jesus. And I was preparing myself. And I was getting very real with myself because if you're going into a country where they chop people's heads off for being a Christian, you have to get your heart right. Right? I'm not any ulterior motive, anything. I'm like, I'm going to get ready to see Jesus, you know? You know, the last thing I thought about was getting married. The last thing I thought about, does any man think I'm pretty and want to marry me? It didn't matter because next week I might see Jesus, you know? I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory. And that's all that mattered. What is it going to matter in eternity? If you got married, 
when you got married, who thought you're pretty, who thought that you had some worth and value. A man doesn't put value on you. He doesn't. God gave you value. He paid for you with the blood of Jesus Christ. And he called you with the high and holy calling. And he's the one that is with you when nobody else is with you. Do not ever forget that the Holy Ghost is a real person. He is the man in your life. He is the number one you need. Even if the man here comes around, you still need the Holy Spirit more than you will ever need that man. And that's when you'll be happy being with someone because you don't put all the expectations on him and expect him to fulfill all that emptiness that the Lord is supposed to fulfill in your life. And many people never come to that place where they have to think about, hey, I might die as a martyr next week, so it might be harder, but... You know, I'm trying my best to explain to you here. It doesn't matter. You don't have to go into a war-torn country preparing to be a martyr. But you have to understand that in light of eternity, we will all be on the other side one day. We will all see Jesus face to face. Is it going to matter who thought that you were pretty and who asked you to marry them and when they asked you? Is it going to matter in eternity? Absolutely not. What is going to matter if you fulfilled the call of God on your life? What is going to matter is if you want souls. What is going to matter if you laid hands on the sick? What is going to matter if you cast out demons? What is going to matter if you loved your neighbor? You loved your brothers, your sisters, your pastors. If you loved the lost, that is what is going to matter. So never pity yourself for being a child of God, for being a young single woman. It doesn't matter what people think. Oh, I know. Something is wrong with her because she's not married yet. Oh, no. Anyone can get married. And they do two, three, four, five times. I'd rather don't get married five times and stay single. Perspective. You have to have eternal perspective. And your goal and your focus should be on how do I make the most impact in this life? Because you are not limited. You are not limited by your marital status. You are not limited by your gender. You are not limited by your color. You're not limited by your past. Everything is possible to them who believe. So you make a decision today. I'm going to do everything the Lord is calling me to do. I'm going to put on strength as my clothing every day so people can see that I honor God, that my God is alive, that I have something to live for every single day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.